Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. All right, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 20. It says, Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake, For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell the people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as with, as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Watch this. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea or from this subject. Hopefully you're taking notes. It is well. It is well. Uh, Research shows that 98% of people that take notes during church actually go to heaven. They get a fast pass. They go around the side, they give them a Chick-fil-A sandwich, and they go into heaven. That's a lie, but you will retain a little bit more information if you do take notes. Come on, would you pray with me? Um, Father, I love you. I thank you for this this opportunity, Lord, that we have to just come before your presence. I'm grateful, Father, that we can celebrate the resurrection, but that the story doesn't end there. Father, just a few days ago, in a reflection of what looked like 2020. It looked dark. It looked like there was no hope. Father, we didn't know what the next step was. But there's always a Sunday tied to the story. And I'm grateful, Father, that you resurrected Jesus. And that now you sit at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. That you haven't abandoned us, but that you've sent your Holy Spirit to comfort us and to guide us. Lord, I love you. And I thank you for this moment. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. And I pray, Father, that the moment that we walk out of this room, That the birds of the air, Lord, that the sun would not scorch this seed, Lord God. Father, I pray that the thorns would not choke this seed. But I pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that we would see fruit 160, 30-fold. That we would walk out of here, Lord God, empowered, knowing that you are with us, Father, and that it is well. 
Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord God. Amen and amen. Come on, would you put your hands together one more time for Jesus? Come on, we could do a little better than that greater church. Come on, let's make some noise for Jesus. Hey, listen, we're, we're the type of church, for some of you guys that are visiting us, we're the type of church that we shout back with the preacher. We preach with the preacher. We're not a quiet church. We're not a reserved church. We're loud. We like to make people feel uncomfortable. Amen. We like to say, preach that. One of the favorites here at the church is Dale. That is, a, that is a biblical word that means several things. Uh, it means go, it means okay, it means buy when you're on the phone. It means so many different things. But here's what I want to do. I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to give me your version of what it is. Amen, I like that, that's good. Dale, whichever one it is. As a matter of fact, since we're in the house, I want everybody to say dale. You ready? At the count of three. One, two, three. Dale. I love it. I love it. I love it. Come on. Come on. If you're excited for the word of God, make some noise. Come on. Put your hands together if you're believing that God has a word for you. Amen. Hey, I remember uh, when I first kind of started cutting my teeth in ministry and I began uh, to kind of start doing ministry. I wasn't even, I didn't even know what ministry was, uh, but I had two of my dear friends, one of which got me an opportunity to go perform. And I used to do music. Um, so he got me to perform at this youth camp. And this youth camp was absolutely amazing. It was a, over a thousand students. I mean, it was just a great opportunity. At this point, I had been performing at different churches. I had been killing the game, you know, with two kids in a youth group, and it was a, a TV, and they put my CD in the TV, and that's how I rapped, and it was amazing. But here it'll go, that I had an opportunity to be in front of a thousand people. Yo, I thought I made it. You couldn't tell me anything different, bro. I went shopping. I went straight to Ross. I looked through all the aisles. I got the best clothes at Ross. Like, I did, you don't understand. Like, I took it serious. I got the coolest rapper glasses that I could ever find. Like, I thought I was the man. I get to this camp. And I was preaching or I was going to rap on a Saturday night right before the main preacher comes that everybody came to see, not the rapper, but whatever. It's my story. I tell you how I want to. I go and before the, before the actual event happens, like it's a camp. So you have several events that kids play, volleyball and basketball and all these. And at this time, we, would, we were bad. <laughs> we had this game called Fear Factor. Y'all remember Fear Factor? But, like, if you would have played this fear factor, like, we probably would have went to jail in 2021. So we had this kiddie pool, and inside of this kiddie pool was every disgusting element that you can think of. Sardines, fish, dirt, like everything. And the kids, in the name of Jesus, they would put their head down at the bottom, and they would grab apples. And they would pull apples back out. And it was whoever could pull out apples and not throw up all over the place with the spoiled milk all in their nose and just nastiness dripping. Whoever had the most apples, you would win. What would you win? You would win a big God bless you. But you won. But you won. So we're playing basketball in this gym. And as we're playing basketball in this gym, it just so happens that I decide to go out for a pass. And Marshall, can you do me a favor? Can you get somebody to hand me a mic? Because I'm like having an issue right now with this deal. Um, we decide to play basketball. In the basketball gym, we decide to start throwing a football around. When we start throwing the football around, one of my guys throws me the football, Quincy, and it was like, and I started, I started running, right? So I go to catch it, but when I go to catch it, I kind of I missed it a little bit. It's funny. It was like tongues on fire over my head. The ball started spinning on my head. It was super weird. Like It was just like something out of a, a movie. And I'm like, the ball spinning on my ear, but I got concentration. So when the ball finishes spinning, I finally catch it, and I caught the ball. Randy Moss, you know, like I caught it. And when I caught the ball, just so have it, I landed right 
top of that kiddie pool. <laughs> now I want you to understand that I didn't just land in the kiddie pool with it open. There was actually a top on the kiddie pool. And what happened was that when I landed on top of the kiddie pool, that burst, boom, all over the place. So you got fish and guts and sardines and milk and dirt. You just, you have it everywhere. And here it is that I'm supposed to go perform. So I said, who's cleaning this up? They say, you clean it up. So here it is that me, you know your friends, you know who your friends are when you ask them to help you move and they actually help you move. Like that's when you know when your real friends are. Like I've seen people in church, that love them. I'm like, yo, help us to stack a chair. Hey, can you do the computer? And they're like, I never seen them in church again. They left four different churches. But God bless you. That's not here nor there. I love you in Jesus' name. But, but you ask somebody to do something. Brian stayed with me the entire time mopping. And it was just me and him in an empty gymnasium. And I thought, I blew my chance. This is it. Like, I'm never going to be able to rap in front of these kids. Like, sucks. Here it is. I smell like fish. And all of a sudden, I get this. Oh, I didn't even see this guy here. Thank you. You want to cut this one? Ah, there we go. I feel good now. I decide, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to just chalk it up. Because I spilled the, the fish everywhere. And I'm like, yo, I'm, never, I'm not going to be able to rap. Like, I, I did it. That's it. It's over. Yo, probably five minutes before the service, Mark Vega, who turned out to be one of my biggest mentor in life and in ministry, who I absolutely love, he sends me a text message and he says, hey, I need you to come up to stage. You're about to perform. And I'm like, I messed up. Like, I spilled all this fish and everything. He said, don't worry about it. That we'll, take, we'll have somebody take care of it. I need you to run up here. You got five minutes. Mind you, I smell like sardines, fish, spoiled milk. I'm a disaster. I ran and I got my little Ross jacket. I grabbed my little cool guy glasses. I didn't, all I did was put a little Axe body spray, which didn't do nothing. And I went and I performed. What's up, y'all? How's everybody doing? Oh my God, what am I doing right now? I don't even know where I'm at. You know what's funny is that I finished performance and that, there was a pastor, his name is Gabby Mejia. He preached this message that when I tell you that this message absolutely met me exactly where I was. It was a message, I still remember the name, it was called Branded. And that very message rocked me in such a way that I hadn't been rocked at that time. And here it is that afterwards we had a time where we brought the students up to the front and we were laying hands on them and we were praying for the students. And as I'm praying for these students, I'm blessing them and man, God has given me a word from, I remember that I pulled back by myself and I just sat there and I'm just like, yo, this is a picture of my life. I smell disgusting. I guarantee people were like, yo, is that the anointing or is that the devil? Like, what is... And people were like... And I just thought to myself, dang, I feel like everybody could see my failures. I feel like everybody could see every error that I made as a kid. I feel like I'm disqualified from ministry because people know how bad I used to be. And here it is that God has given me a brand new chance. And then he's painting a picture of it. And what looked like a disaster was a confirmation of ministry. I remember that a couple of individuals came and actually laid their hands on me. And they began to pray for me. And they were confirming exactly what God was saying in my soul. The reason I'm telling you this story is because this is an exact picture of where we find ourselves in the scriptures. See, the disciples, Mary, these guys, Jesus had been walking on the earth now for 33 years. Out of those 33 years, three of them, he had actually recruited some individuals and he began to do signs, miracles, and wonders 
consistently preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. They watched as the lame people got up and began to walk, that the blind eyes were open. They saw as men and women who were demon-possessed were actually set free and were walking in their right mind. They saw all this beauty, all of these miracles, only on a Friday from the miracles, only on a Friday for those miracles to go from miracles to murder. And here it is that these disciples, they're seeing their Savior. They ran. The ladies are watching their Savior up on a cross. What looked like the absolute end, if you rewind the track, if you were there, you yourself would have probably thought this was it. Yo, Jesus is on a cross. He gives up his ghost at about 3 p.m. and he dies. These ladies, they actually wrap him up and they put him inside of the, of the, of the cave. They prepare his body. When they put him in the cave, Friday evening was the Sabbath, all the way until Saturday sun up. And that time right there was the Sabbath. They couldn't do anything. And then the last part of Saturday was actually the preparation day where they were prepared for the Passover meal. So in the middle of Friday and Saturday, they couldn't do nothing. The Bible says that early in the morning on Sunday, on the third day, is when they were able to come back to the tomb. But if I look at that Friday and I look at that Saturday, it has a striking resemblance to what 2020 looked like. That it looked like there was no hope. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't know what was up from down. I thought church was going to start in Easter. Here it is. We are a year out of Easter and church is still not started. <laughs> but what looked like was the end. Like if Jesus jumped on a kiddie pool. <laughs> actually turned out to be the biggest miracle. Because there's always a Sunday attached to the story. The Bible says they marry both of them. They had seen Jesus. If you read Matthew 27, they were actually there while he was getting crucified. They are the ones that anointed him and they put and frankincense and covered him up in the linen sheets and actually were able to put him in Joseph's tomb. Like he was inside of the cave. They saw all of this stuff. And yet the Bible says that early in the morning on Sunday, they actually went back to the tomb, the one place that they saw Jesus last. And when they go into the tomb, there's an angel sitting on the rock or the stone that was moved. And the angel is sitting there on top of it. And the angel says, he, he's not here. He says something that I believe that is so powerful for us. And it's a tool that I believe that will actually help you in 2021. He says, come and see. Go inside the tomb and I want you to check it out. In the Synoptic Gospels, there's a couple of them that actually talk about how it was linen sheets, what they had wrapped Jesus in. It was folded up and it was blood-stained. There's a reason why you have a big old mirror in the front of your car. But for you to move forward sometimes, you got to look at the rearview mirror and you got to look at your two side mirrors. The reason it creates space for you to be able to move and to maneuver so that you can go forward. Not for you to stay stuck because you can't drive forward looking at a rearview mirror. But there are moments that you do need to look back. There are moments in your personal life that you need to look back at what happened in 2020. At the beginning of 2021, you're going to find some linen sheets that might have some blood. But that blood symbolizes the victory that God gave you. You're going to see God in the middle of every one of your pains. In moments that you didn't think there was real loss. There was real loss. There was real things. I'm coming out the button because I'm about to start preaching. There was real loss in your life. There were real things in your life that happened. I'm not minimizing those things. But if your heart is still beating, that means that God was with you through it all. You didn't know how you were going to pay the bills, but something happened. Those wounds that you have, those are evidence of Isaiah 53 that by his stripes we were healed. Sometimes you got to look back and you got to see those moments. And you got to look back at the things that God did in your life. But don't look back too far. 
Because for some of us, we're on two sides of the coin. For some of us, we feel like, I got I to gotta go back to the way that I was in 2020. Like, I was reading my Bible more in 2020. I was praying more. And like, I got to go back to that person. Like, I haven't been to church since the very beginning. And I'm like, yo, I, I need to go back to church. And I need to go back to the way that it used to be. Yo, nothing is the way that it used to be. And nothing will be the way that it used to be. God is not interested in the way that you were. God is interested in making you new over and over. The Bible said it's from glory to glory. There's nothing for you back there. Jesus is not back there. He said, go check the tomb. For some of us, we look at Jesus and we think that Jesus is still back there in 1997 when you lost your virginity. He, we still think that Jesus is still there when we made that mistake. Like if Jesus is sitting there in your past saying, yikes, you messed up, buddy. I saw that. <laughs> oh, my. Do you remember when you did that? Like, what were you thinking? Like, I remember what you did last summer. Like, yo. Like, if Jesus is back there, like, recounting all of our sins, like, tallying up a scoreboard, ah, you messed up again. Remember the last time you messed up? You know what's crazy? There's a prophet that I think we should listen to even more than, than the children do. The prophet Elsa said, let it go, man. The only person that remembers your sins is you. The only person that remembers the times that you messed up is you. Jesus, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that you shall be saved, at that very moment, your sins are forgiven. But we think to ourselves, we got big sin, we got little sin, we got little things, we got big things, and God is looking. Yo, God doesn't look at your sin as big sin. He doesn't look at your sin as little sin. He looks at your sin as defeated. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. The moment that he resurrected, the Easter story is that your sin has no power. And you got to stop reminding God because he doesn't remember. That's great preaching, Chino, but you're just screaming into a mic. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, going to come up on the screen. I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. Watch this. I will not remember your sins. Jeremiah 31, 34, and no longer shall you teach your one, teach his neighbors and each brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of these to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I remember, remember their sin no more. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, for I will be merciful towards their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17, and then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. You need another one? Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent, therefore. Turn again. The repentance, it's key in God forgetting your sins, by the way, that your sins may be blotted out. We, we tend to look back so much at everything that we did in the past, and I don't know how many more scriptures I got to read to you to explain to you that, yo, God is not living in your past anymore. God is living ahead of you. God is actually wanting to draw you out. The Bible says that the lady, the, the, the angel says to them, I want you to come and see. And he says, once you come and see, now I want you to go and tell his disciples. And Jesus will meet you there and you will see him. I want you to go and tell his disciples. Yo, put this into context real quick. Because just a couple of days was Good Friday. We're talking about two days before the disciples that he wants them to go tell were the very disciples that ran while they stayed at the cross. I don't want to go talk to the disciples. Like, what, what am I going to tell them? Like, every single one of them ran. Nobody stayed with Jesus. We were the only ones except the disciple John. Everybody else took off. But I want you to understand this practically in your own life. Your obedience is always going to be the key to your promise, to your miracle. 
Your obedience and you stepping out and actually doing what God says is what's going to unlock the doors to every single promise that God has stored up for you. Abraham. I want you to leave your land, Abraham. Leave your father's house, and he was blessed. Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt, and I want you to set my people free. He was obedient, and the people received freedom. Jesus, I want you to go to the cross, and I want you to die. Why didn't he just snap his finger and, like, everything got back to normal? Why did he have to die? Because obedience is always going to unlock the door to the promise, to the miracle. It always has to be obedience. I want you to go and I want you to tell the disciples, I want you to walk because if you stay here, you're not going to do what God is telling you to do. He says, go tell his disciples, he's going before you. Can I tell you something? And this is pretty deep, but follow me. Jesus was already here in 2021 while you were still in 2020. So, you know, that's some like interstellar weird stuff. Like, yo, what are you preaching? What kind of church is this? Like, yo, you know, witchcraft? Like, what you mean? Like, how is it? I'll show you to you in a story. My wife, I love her to death. My wife is probably one of the most hardworking people that you will ever see in your life. She's probably running around here doing something now. <laughs> but my wife is probably one of the most hardworking people that you will ever see in your life. My wife is, I mean, she keeps everything to the T. She throws the best parties. Like, I mean, she just throws, she cooks everything. She, she does everything. This particular birthday, birthday, not with an F, birthday, I decided, <laughs> I decided I was going to take care of everything and I'm going to do a surprise party for her. She doesn't like surprise parties because she doesn't think that I clean the house the right way. I don't order the right food. I don't have the right drinks. Like, did you think about everybody? Where's everybody going to sit? Like, I just, you, you just can't do that with her. But this particular moment, I had help from the Holy Spirit. And by the Holy Spirit, I mean Allison and Mimi and a couple other people that were able to, that were able to help me. And, and we got the house clean. And I had enough food for everybody. I had an abundance of food. I had tea and lemonade. <laughs> Bro, I had Sprite. I had Coke. For my healthy people, I had bottled waters. Like, no tap. You're not getting tap here. You're getting Dasani. Like, you're getting the real... I don't even know if that's a good... Aquafina. Shout out to RG. Uh, Aquafina. Like, you're going you're gonna to get the real water. Like, you're going to get the good stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? No, we don't have money for Fiji. Wait, it was Aquafina or Dasani. <laughs> hey, yo, I, I, I had the spread, and it was amazing. And, yo, I remember that my wife walked in, and she was like, Oh, my God. This is incredible. This is beautiful. Oh, my God. Everything was done. The cake was done. Allison decorated everything. I mean, just, it was beautiful. And she walked into a prepared party. Some of you, you're tired. And you're exhausted. And, yo, you've been trying to do everything yourself. You've been trying to work out the marriage. You've been trying to work out your own singleness. You've been trying to work out your engagement. You've been trying to work out the job, the finances. You've been trying to do everything on your own. And I feel like God brought me to tell you a word that you're about to step into a prepared season where you're going to walk in and there's going to be a table prepared in the presence of your enemies that God is actually going to go way ahead of you and he's going to start preparing things that you're going to walk into. How did that get paid? How is it that, that now is negative. I don't understand what happened. That God is actually going to go ahead of you and that he was already, watch this, he's already in 2022. He's already ahead of you. He's preparing the way. If you catch this, then you won't freak out the next time that you're in the middle of a storm, understanding that God is already ahead of me, that he's preparing and that he's taking his time to make sure that I'm good because he loves me and because there are no stepchildren to God. 
There are no grandchildren of God. He doesn't have any nieces or nephew. He has children. He has sons and he has daughters and he takes care of us. He doesn't remember our sin, but he actually walks ahead of us and he prepares the way for us. The Bible says, go tell the disciples he's going to meet you on the way and, and there you will see him. It's, it's on the road, man. It's taking one step in front of the Chino. I can't take one step. Like, yo, you don't understand. I put all my focus and my energy into this relationship. I put all my focus into this business. And I bought all of this equipment. And I did all of these things. And if I'm honest with you, nothing is working out. You, you just got to go. It, it's on the road. Get one of your feet, put it in front of the other, and continue to move forward. Like, you, you just can't stay in this season. Like, I promise you, you can't go backwards, but you can't stay here. And it's on the road that God actually begins to work things out. I don't know how, I'm not the best mom, how am I going to, you get day behind up tomorrow morning, you put some clothes on them, well it's, it's break so you're on your own, but when school is again, put some clothes on them and put them on the bus again, get up and make them a meal again, I don't know how, man Chino I can't do this job, I can't do, just get up the next day, sit in front of that computer and continue to do the work, like yo I'm not the wife that he needs, just get up and be the woman that God called you to be, I'm not the provider Chino, I don't have the money, I don't have any, I don't know what to do right now, get up and do it again, like put one foot in front of the other and continue to move forward, the Bible says that it's in our weakness that he becomes strong, that God is always going to meet your natural with his super and that creates the supernatural it's little to do with you and so much more to do with the fact that you got faith inside of you. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm not staying here. I'm not going to stay here. The Bible says that they started on the road. The Bible says that they started on the road, watch this, with fear and with joy. 2020, as a church, and I, and I believe it, I taught it, but I feel like, I feel like we overuse the statement that we need to have faith over fear. And please understand that, listen, man, we, we were scared. We needed something to hold on to. So we're like, you got to have faith. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? You, faith, let's go. No fear. Oh, Jesus, do it. Because that's part of that whole going on the road and jumping out there. And that's why faith is muddy sometimes. Because there are times that you're just, you're just filled with this faith. I'm going for it. But then there's another side of you that says, I'm about to bust my head wide open as soon as I hit this door. Everybody's going to leave. But the Bible says there was one thing that filled them with joy. Watch this. They had actually been with Jesus. They actually knew Jesus. Watch this. They were in love with Jesus. And the Bible says that perfect love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. It says that perfect love cast out all fear. Not the type of love that's dependent on who you vote for. Not the type of love that's dependent on how much you did for me and how much you didn't do for me. Not the conditional type of love, but the type of love that regardless if you don't deserve it, you shouldn't have it, you messed up too much for me to even give it to you, I'm still going to love you. It's a lavish, outlandish, huge love that God pours out to us that Romans chapter 5 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That before... <laughs> Before you ever made your mind up, God already made up his mind about you. His mind is that I'm crazy in love with you, that I want you, and that I want a relationship with you. That this whole love story called the gospel, it actually creates for the joy of the Lord is my strength. That, that you can walk in power and authority when you fall in love with Jesus. 
that walking and what I'm telling you, like, yo, don't stay where you are. Like, let's go. Let's move forward. It has little to do with you doing anything and so much to do with you understanding who already did everything for you. The Bible says that Mary, both of them, they begin to walk. And all of a sudden, they, they see Jesus. Yo, two days ago, today's Sunday. Think about Friday, what you did on Friday. You might have got out of work, took your socks off, sat on the couch. Ladies, y'all don't get to do that. It's only like the guys because we're lazy and women are so amazing. You work and then you have to work again when you get home. And our ladies said amen. amen. The Bible says that the, the women, they, they begin and, and the women see Jesus. And that Jesus turns to them and he tells them, do not be afraid. Go tell the disciples that I'm going to meet them in Galilee. And there they will see me. The women were actually walking in obedience when they saw Jesus. They had just seen three days ago on Friday him brutally get murdered. And then they got an angel that sits up. Off, off top, that's weird. Like, I'm not going to walk up to, like, a grave site and, like, this person is sitting clothed in white on a rock and he's like, hey, Jesus is not here. Off top, I'm, that's where my scared thing goes at. Like, we're Cuban. Like, I'm not playing with that. I'm going to run the other way. Like, I would have messed up the whole Bible. But... The, <laughs> But they saw the angel, they believed the angel, and then they actually began to walk it out in faith. And the Bible says that when they see Jesus, Jesus tells them, hey, don't be afraid. He literally says verbatim exactly what the angel says. Don't be afraid. The most constant command in scripture, yet the most ferocious adversary that we have is fear. And Jesus met them on the way and he turns to them and he tells them, don't, don't be afraid. Like, like, again, you're asking me to do something that's super impossible. Like it, well, that's, that's tough, Jesus. Like, it's hard not to be afraid sometimes. But there's something calming about when the Savior speaks to you. Because for me to tell my kids, whenever we go to a, a ride or, or we do something that's a little intense, when dad says, yo, relax, don't be afraid, like, we got it. It means that dad's going to take care of him. That God got him. Like, like the, the dad's going to take care of him. Like, I, I know the expectation that you have. You're feared. You think everything's going to happen. This whole ride is going to collapse and we're all going to die. I've been on this ride enough times to know that we're all right. Just, just walk with me. And I feel like that's the word that God gave me to give you today. You're walking into a season and it's going to be scary. There are some moments that you don't know what this whole, like, once this lid is picked up, um, there's going to be a lot of different things that happen. But I want you to understand that Jesus said, don't be afraid. And he says, go tell my disciples. Because he understands that obedience is always going to be the key to the miracle. I want you to go tell the disciples that they will see me. I'll meet you there. It's on the way that there are these pit stops. Easter Sunday, it's a pit stop for you. I hope that you're not listening to this black Cuban on stage screaming in a microphone, but I hope that you hear the words of God over your life. That you hear that God is giving you a pit stop and he's telling you, don't be afraid. Go. Take the step. It's on the, you'll see me there. Like I'm already preparing you. I'm ahead of you. I proved it to you because here I am. But keep going. You'll see me on that side too. The Bible says that Jesus all of a sudden he meets and he, he meets the disciples in Galilee. And it was 11 of them, obviously. Judas has lost his life. He took his own life. And they see Jesus. 
And we get these last three verses that we've based our entire church around these last three verses. In verse 18, he says, all power and authority has been given to me. And then he says in verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our mission at Greater Church is that we want to reach and empower all people towards a relationship with Jesus. We're all about putting you on a journey. We want to reach people. That's the reason why we have a 2021 vision. That's the reason why we're going to start a Spanish ministry. That's the reason why we're giving a vehicle to the Philippines so that they can go from school to school preaching the gospel of Jesus in another country. That's the reason why we're starting our youth ministry that's going to begin here. That's the reason why we're going into the colleges at KSU and the HBCU colleges. The reason why we're going to give money in just a little while is because we want to see those things happen. Because Matthew 28, 19 says, go therefore. It's action. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yo, that sounds amazing. It sounds incredible. If I gave you the mic and I say, you go, some of y'all would be like, who, what? Can I tell you that I have those who, what moments? Can I tell you that I wake up in the morning sometimes and I'm like, yo, what are we doing? I've bitten off way more than I could chew. And I felt like I was always taught, God would never tell you to, God would never tell you to do something that you can't do. That's a lie. That's a bold-faced lie. Being in ministry enough, you learn, ain't it, Jason? You learn enough times that God doesn't tell you to do things you can't do. He tells you to do things that are impossible. He's like, go, and you're like, no. <laughs> but it's putting one foot in front of the other. How is it that you can accomplish the impossible? I think the last part of this scripture explains it. But I got a story that I think will show you what it looks like for Jesus to have all power and authority and for us to go the Great Commission and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know this thing called Christianity is not just about you, right? It's not about punching a card. It's not about getting up and praying. It's not about reading five chapters or knowing the latest Bethel Hill song or Maverick City music. You know that this thing called Christianity is so much bigger than just that. You know that, right? Horatio Spafford is an individual that some of you may know the name, some of you may not know the name. Um, he was actually a really successful lawyer. And he actually was in real estate and he made a lot of money in real estate. This man individual he 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 was seeing so many beautiful things happen until the Chicago fires of 1871 which at that moment he lost everything that he had he lost all the finances he lost all the money he didn't have anything to his name in fact his four-year-old son during that season actually passed away from scarlet fever during that moment I mean just absolute devastation upon devastation. I can't imagine how his heart was broken. I can't imagine the things that he had to experience. And trying to help, he tells his family, let's, let's go on vacation. That's four daughters and his wife. He said, let's go to England. Let's just go take some time. Let's get our mind off of everything and let's just, just take some time. I, I got some pressing matters that I need to take care of here. But I'm going to send you on a boat and I want you to go on the other side and I'm going to meet you once I finish with these things here. The story is told that they got onto that boat and in one of the most devastating accidents that have happened at sea, especially during these late 1800s, 
this boat actually capsized. It actually sunk. It had a horrific crash, and over 200 people died on board. Of the 200 people that died on board, his four daughters lost their life. His wife made it by the grace of God to England. When she gets to England, she, she begins to write this letter. And she sends a telegram back to her husband. In the, the first part of this telegram, it says, Saved alone, what shall I do? And Horatio Spafford, he, he receives this telegram, devastated, distraught, broken. He finds desperately a way to get on a ship to go to his wife in England. He finally manages to get this ship and he actually goes on board and he's actually making his way over to England. Where in some place around the Atlantic Ocean, the captain tells him, hey, come up to the front. The place that we're about to pass is the place where your daughters passed away at. The place where we're about to pass is where everything started to get destroyed for you. And God birthed something inside of him and a strength and a determination. And he actually penned this song. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at mygreater.